The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. We have three core values, and our three core values are very simple it's loving God, loving people, and helping others. Loving God, loving people, helping others. That's, as a church, that's our three core values. And so what's my goal as a pastor? My goal is to help you to love God, love people, and help others. And so right across the church, even in children's ministry today, what, what are they trying to do in children's ministry? They're trying to impart these three cultures into children so that they grow up loving God, loving people, and helping others. Have, have you noticed that it's really evil, easy to love people that are lovable? How many of you have discovered that it's another thing trying to love people that are unlovable? How many of you know that it's really easy to help, to help people that are lovable, but it's hard to help people that are unlovable? And, and so I, I, I find it fascinating. I go down on Thursdays. We have our food care. It's one of our charities that we run on Thursdays. And uh, we have people from the community that come, and um, they come with all sorts of needs. And uh, there's 350 families that are involved in receiving our uh, help through community care. 350 families, uh, most of whom have never been upstairs. They've been downstairs, but they've never been upstairs in, in the auditorium. And, and some of them are interesting, to say the least. And, um, and, and the reason they're interesting is because all sorts of issues have come into their life where they need help. And, uh, and, and so, and again, I have a lot of my friends say, what, on the North Shore, there are people that need help? I thought everyone that lived on the North Shore was wealthy. Well, the fact is that there's a lot of people on the North Shore that are homeless. The fact is there are a lot of people on the North Shore that struggle to pay their bills week to week. And so, what, and, and on top of this, there's a lot of people on the North Shore that suffer from mental health issues. And so it's part of our goal as a church to help people. And uh, what was interesting the other day, I, I was in Poland and I get, uh, I get a phone call. Oh, John, there was an incident at, at, um, at um, food care this morning. And I said, what was the incident? He said, well, one of the clients had an incident. And uh, this guy obviously suffers from mental health issues. And he just panicked and um, ran upstairs through the building and literally ran through one of the glass doors at the back of the auditorium. We're talking thick safety glass. He, he literally ran straight through it and smashed the door and glass everywhere and then ran downstairs and was yelling and screaming. And how many of you know that that's not normal? How many of you know that that's not ex- expected? And so I came back thinking, oh, no, all of our food care volunteers are going to be traumatized and, and maybe some of them are going to leave and not come back. But you know what? Not one person left. Not one person complained about this. They all saw it as part of their ministry. They all saw this whole vision of helping others is what we do. And, and I just so love that. And i tell you why I love it. Because there's royalty in every single person. The problem is that that royalty is covered up. And it's part of the gospel's aim to bring out the royalty in people. 
And I've entitled my message today, Seeing Royalty in People. I really believe that one of the ways that motivates us to help others is seeing the royalty in people. You know, one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Mary Magdalene. How many of you, how many of you know the story of Mary Magdalene? She's, she's an incredible lady. I know over the, over the years, people have made up all, st- all sorts of stories about Mary, but the fact is that she loved Jesus and Jesus loved her. Here's, here's some of the, the aspects of Mary. The disciples fled. The, disi- the men, they fled. You know, some of them denied him, but every single one of them fled, but not Mary. She followed. She was there. She stayed. She was at the garden. She was at the Passover. She was there at the end. She was there when Jesus was crucified. She was at the cross. She stayed. She witnessed. And you know what? When others went home, she stayed. You know what the Bible tells us? That she was actually the one that was there when not only they put Jesus into the tomb, but when they rolled the stone to cover the tomb, Mary was the last to leave. How many of you know that people that are last to leave are the people that love the most? You, you, you go to somewhere and you've got people that are the first to leave. How many of you know those people? You know, you invite them to dinner, they're the first to leave. Then there's others that are the last to leave. They don't leave until every last dish is washed up. They don't leave until everything is put in order. How many of you got friends like that? They're, they're the last. Of, how many of you love those friends? And then you got the ones that are the first to leave. How many of you? How many of you got friends like that? You know, as soon as dinner's over, sorry, I got to go. I got things to do. Rah, 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 rah. They're the first to leave. They don't help at all. You know, okay, we won't even go there. I've just mentioned it, but all of you know who I'm talking about. Okay, but Mary was one of these people, last to leave just last to leave. And then, here she is, the last to leave, the tomb stone, just, it, it's, it's rolled over the tomb. Now, there's, there's no more staying. It's all over. She goes home. But then, on Resurrection Sunday, she's the first at the tomb. So, not, we're not, te- we're talking about, here's John the Beloved, the one that used to put his head on Jesus' chest, the Beloved, wasn't the first there, nor the last to leave. But Mary was the first there. What I love about Mary was that she was the first. She was the first to know that Jesus had risen. Not only that, but she lingered around. She was actually the first to declare to the disciples, Hey guys, he's no longer dead. He's alive. She was the first evangelist of the resurrection. How awesome is Mary? But not only that, I I love the story. I love the story in John chapter 20. Where, where she's, she's looking for where have they laid the body? Where have they laid the body? And then she finds this person that she thinks is the gardener. And she says, where did you put my Lord? Where did you put him? And it's Jesus. And he says this one word that so melts my heart when I hear it. It, it actually brings tears to my eyes because Jesus says to her, thinking that she understood him to be the gardener rather than the Lord, he utters this one word, Mary. But in that word, there's so much love, there's so much acceptance. And even though she didn't recognize him because he was in his resurrected form, she recognized the use of that word, Mary. 
so full of love and compassion. And she realizes it's her Lord. That's, that's Mary Magdalene. But you know what? This morning, I, I want to read you a text of where the whole story with Mary started. Let's open up to Luke chapter 8. Because as I said, the whole message is entitled Seeing Royalty in People. And we know the story of Mary Magdalene, the story of, of, uh, of the person that loved Jesus that was there right to the end. But what we don't often remember is the beginning of the story. And here it is, Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Let's read it together. Now, it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Of course, the twelve. Of course, the twelve disciples, the twelve men. But then Luke opens it up a bit more, and I love verse 2. And it says, and certain women who had, here it is, been healed of evil spirits. And infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. Here's Luke saying, let me tell you how the story of Mary started. This woman had seven evil spirits. Now, I know some of you are already freaking out because I've used the word evil spirit. Well, I'm glad you're freaking out, but I'm going to talk about it. And um, I'm going to talk about the fact that some people have mental health issues that are connected to an organ disorder. How many of you know that the brain is an organ in the body? And so mental health issues are related to an organ disorder. But then you have evil spirits that are connected to a spiritual disorder. So there's an organ disorder and there's a spiritual disorder. Now, organ disorders can be leveled and calmed through chemicals and drugs. But spiritual disorders don't get calmed by chemicals and drugs. They can only get calmed by the name of Jesus and the authority in the name of Jesus. And so, can I just say to you, don't ever be afraid of evil spirits because they're afraid of you. You don't have to be afraid of anything spiritual because you rule and reign with Christ. You have authority. When you walk into a room, light walks into a room. And how many of you know that when light walks into a room, light doesn't have to be afraid of darkness? How many of you know that when light walks into a room, the one that panics is darkness? Because darkness flees when light comes in. We are children of light. You don't have to be afraid of darkness. Come on. One of the biggest lies of the enemy is that you have to be afraid of him. No, the fact is... He is afraid of you. I love Reinhard Bonnke's line. How many of you heard me do Reinhard? This is the only impression of Reinhard Bonnke that I can do. So here it goes. I am not afraid of the devil. The devil, he is afraid of me. Hallelujah. <laughs> there it goes. Okay, those of you that have been in church for 21 years, my apologies. Okay. <laughs> But that's the truth of it. We, we just need to get that into our spirit, that, that light is more powerful than darkness. And so here's this lady with evil spirits. And again, you know, Christians, oh no, let's run to the hills and hide, but not Jesus. Because can I just say that when someone has that sort of disorder, their behavior is weird. How many of you have encountered people with weird behavior? And so, you know, 
And, and most people, what they do is that they actually run away from people with weird behavior. We're attracted to people like us. You know, if you're you know, an extrovert, you're attracted to extroverts. If you're an introvert, you're attracted to introverts. You know, if, if, if you're Italian, you're attracted to Italians, as I am, you know. And anyone that speaks Italian, I'm attracted to. It's, just, it's an amazing thing how like attracts like. But Jesus was totally different because he loved everybody. And here's this woman that, that people would steer away from. But Jesus steered towards. Why? Because he saw royalty in her that nobody else could see. He saw something in her that nobody else could see. And so what happens here is that he not only saw what she was, but he saw what she could be. And that's what made him so attractive to her because he reached beyond the wall that she had around her, reached beyond the wall and pulled her out of her prison. And I really believe that this is how we need to manifest our love to the people around us to see the royalty in them, to see that what they are is not what they can be, but reach beyond that wall, reach beyond that barrier, reach beyond the prison house that keeps them captive and say, we've got a solution. We've got an answer. His name is Jesus, and he came to set the captive free. Saw royalty, saw royalty, pulled her out. And then when he sets her free, he set her free from seven evil spirits, the Bible says. He set her free from her bondage. It's not as if that she grew up, she woke up one day and said, okay, what I want to do is go through life possessed by evil spirits. I want to be like a crazy woman. I want to be a mad, whatever happens. See, see, what happens is this, is that there's a lot of people in their ignorance open themselves up to the demonic. Can, can, I, can I be frank with you? If you're venturing into the new age, you're, you're venturing into um, uh, all sorts of uh, spiritual realms. There's only two aspects to the spiritual realm. There's the Holy Spirit and there's evil spirit. And so we're encouraged to, to enter into the realm of the Holy Spirit. And so in churches like ours, we're very spiritual. Through worship, we enter this realm of the Holy Spirit. But here's the difference. He is the holy, everybody say holy. holy, pure, godly, Holy Spirit. And if it's not the realm of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing in between. It's demonic spirits. It's evil spirits. It's darkness. And so any entering into the spiritual realm that is not through the realm of the Holy Spirit, you say, but, but isn't there good and evil spirits? No, there's either Holy Spirit's or evil spirit. There's nothing in between. And so if you're not entering through the blood of Jesus into the realm of the Holy Spirit, then you've entered into a wrong domain, and that's when you open up. How, how many of you know that right throughout the world, people are into what's called animism? You know, I, I mean, so many people, you know, it, just stuff like, uh, well, uh, nothing bad has ever happened to me. Touch wood. Just that whole expression is entering into a realm of evil spirits. 
and, 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 and throughout the world, animism, whether it be in Christianity or whether it be in uh, Islam, it's, it's a whole realm that's reserved for the demonic. And so there's, there's witch doctors, there's, uh, uh, there's people that we go to in case there's, someone's given us the, the evil eye, and, and it opens you up to this realm. You know, reading your horoscope, getting involved in Ouija boards, I mean, there is just a huge number of avenues where you open yourself up to evil spirits, and when they come, they just torment, they just torment, they just torment, and they do, they, they do stuff to, to people to put them into prison houses. And so what Jesus saw, this woman, she was tormented. He came to set her free. And he saw not what she was, but what she could be. And when he set her free, she was forever grateful. Do you see the royalty in people? Because if you can see the royalty in people, it will motivate you to go beyond the wall of their exterior, to pull them out because you see royalty in them. And what a joy it is to see people set free. He's, so Luke then starts chapter 8 with Mary, but then moves on to another man. And this man was even crazier. I mean, this man, of all the men in the Bible, is the craziest. This is, I mean, he is forever known as the demoniac of the Gadarenes. Now, I'm not trying to freak you out. What I'm trying to say is that Jesus saw the worst of the worst. And even seeing the worst of the worst, he saw royalty in them. And some of the people around you are not the worst of the worst, but can you see royalty in them and pull them out of their prison house and see them set free? And so, you know, the story is that um, they, they'd gone to this place called Gadara and, uh, for Jesus to preach the gospel there. And when they got there, they encountered this man that was the craziest man in all of the Bible. I, I can't think of anyone in the Bible that's crazier than this guy. So, number one, the Bible shows him up to be the guy that, a nudist, he didn't wear clothes. How many of you know that as soon as you encounter someone not wearing clothes, you're automatically running away? How many of you have worked that one out? Imagine, no, don't even imagine someone coming to our church with no clothes on because... You know, most of us would freak out. I know I would freak out. I know that you would freak out. But Jesus didn't freak out. This is the thing that really, that really touches me, that most people would run a mile from a guy that didn't wear clothes, didn't live in a house. Matter of fact, he felt more comfortable living in a cemetery amongst tombs than in a house. How many of you know that's weird? Uh, that's really weird. No clothes. And then what they tried to do to control him, they tried to put guards around him and put him in shackles and chains. Now, now get hold of this. Not even shackles and chains could hold this guy. He'd break the shackles and chains and run to desolate places. This guy is weird. This guy's crazy. But whereas Mary had seven evil spirits, this guy had a legion. He had over a thousand. So how many of you know that the enemy just loves to torment people? And this man was tormented. But again, what happens to us is that we see the face value. We see what the, the manifestations are of someone's torment and run away. But Jesus saw the royalty in this man. And I love the fact that while he, here he is just crazy, naked, shouting, 
already, Jesus is already saying, I've come to set this man free. He's already speaking to those evil spirits saying, I bind you, I cast you out. And the evil spirits are complaining that Jesus is tormenting them. I love that. I love the fact that not the man is complaining, but the evil spirits are complaining. Jesus, why are you tormenting? Why are you beating us up? I love that. I love the fact that there is a Savior who comes to protect. I love that there's a Savior that beats up the bullies. How many of you think that's awesome? I love the fact that Jesus came to say, hey, you might not be able to beat these things up, but I've come to set you free. And so he was already releasing them because he saw, he saw the royalty in him. And so, and so when, when John talks about why Jesus came in John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, 8, this is what 1 John chapter 1, 3, 8 says, For this purpose was the Son of Man manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I love that. Jesus sees this man tormented. He says, I've come for one purpose, to destroy the works of the evil one in this royal person. And so Jesus begins to rebuke, and Jesus begins to release. And then we see the end of the story, and the end of the story is this man totally set free, insane mind, fully clothed now, not weird, but sitting at the feet of Jesus, begging, Jesus, make me one of your disciples. What a difference! Just in one day, we got a crazy man. And now you've got someone sitting at the feet of Jesus, fully clothed, saying, Jesus, make me a disciple. And Jesus says, matter of fact, I will. But you don't have to even follow me. All I want you to do now, there's, there's, there's 10 villages in this region. It's called Decapolis. Decapolis is from the Greek word deca, which means 10. Polis is from the Greek word city, which means 10 cities. He says, I want you to go to these 10 cities. And tell them what I've done for you. And so the last we hear of this man is that he has left the presence of Jesus fully clothed, fully sound, as an evangelist in ten cities declaring the goodness of Jesus, the royal messenger of heaven. Why? Because Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to release people from torment and give them a purpose for their life and give them a satisfaction that stems from an understanding that God made me, God created me, and I'm going to live with Him forever and ever. How beautiful is that? Oh, I love that. I want to finish this morning by just saying that Jesus sees royalty all around us, but do we? Do we see royalty all around us? Or do we see the people that are demonized, or people with mental health, or people with problems, or people with all sorts of difficulties that sort of cause us to back away slowly? Or do we see the royalty? This is what Peter says about people in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I love this scripture, and I'm going to finish with it in a moment after I've done something else. So, you know, you know, preachers have got about five conclusions before they get to their conclusion. I'm just saying that we're coming down for a landing, that's all. It's very soon, but here it is, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Peter describes four aspects of us, and he says, this is what you are. You're a chosen generation. But before, before he gets to that, 
He gives us the understanding, but once you were not a people. Once that was you. Once it was you in darkness, but not anymore. Now, here it is. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. There's that word royalty right there in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people. But what, what were you? You were once not even a people. Once you were far off. Once you were in darkness. But not now. Why is that? Because God reached over the wall. God reached into the prison house of your captivity. God saw beyond what you were to what you could be. And he reached out over the wall through the prison house and he gave you a choice. Do you want to stay there in your prison house or do you want to be pulled out of the prison house and placed into God's palace house? Because in the prison house, this is where you are under the deception of the enemy whose plan it is to get the royal family and put them into captivity. And all over the world, this is what I see. And it brings tears to my eyes. It makes my, my heart cry because that's God's royal people being deceived by the enemy, placed in his prison house, in depression, in oppression, in fear, in trembling, in horrible situations where they cannot see what God wants them to see. And here it is, we are the evangelists, we are the messengers of God to go to the prison houses and say, Jesus died to set you free. He came to set the captives free. He spoke about it in Luke chapter 4, for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to set the captives free. And here we are as messengers to go to them and say, what you are is not what you can be. I see royalty in you. God wants to set you free. I've come to set you free. Come out of the prison house and come into God's palace house where you can be the royal priesthood, where you can be the chosen generation, where you can be his own special people. That's the message of the gospel. And that's the message that we've been given at Christmas time. One last story and I'll finish. This is also found in Luke. We've got Mary, who saw royalty in her. The demoniac of the Gadarenes. He saw royalty in her. And then Luke finishes with one other character. And this guy is forever known as the thief. The thief on the cross. And I get moved every time I think about this man. Why is that? Because Jesus is in agony. He's on the cross. He's nailed to the cross. And he looks beyond his own agony. And he turns his head to a man who is known as the thief. Who, to his own admission, has said, I'm here because I deserve to be here. But Jesus looks beyond what he is to what he could be. And he sees royalty. In a thief dying on a cross, he sees royalty. And there's a spiritual release that comes. There's no physical release there. The guy's on the cross. There's no getting him down. Physically, he's dying. 
But spiritually, Jesus came to set him free, to give him hope and a future. This is what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. It's just this calling. It's this, God, I'm, I'm in bondage here. God, I'm, I'm, I'm in this prison house. God, the enemy has got me around the throat and I see no hope and no future. Will you help me? Jesus reaches out and he says, for this purpose I've come to destroy the works of the enemy. He beats up the enemy, releases sin and death from a thief that was being crucified on a cross and says, today you will be with me in paradise. That's the power of Jesus to set the captives free. And my brothers and sisters, that's the power that we've been given to set captives free. But we can only do it if we see the royalty in them. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.